powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Think you know which way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has got you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus, please play responsibly. This is how we do it. It's Friday night, and we have brought back a guest, our friend Arda Ocal from ESPN. Welcome back live from Bristol, Connecticut, in what looks to be a pod for taking a meeting. You are taking <laughs> an correct. important meeting, so that is that is key. Uh, we're glad we got you in for this, what was ap- an absolute masterpiece of a hockey game. Really? But, you know, we, we'll call it that. When when Arda was uh, on for the first time, uh, we deemed him as the first international Game Over Toronto guest, and he continues to set records as he's our first ever return guest on Game Over Toronto. The first so, ever? Ever? Yeah, on Game yeah. Over Toronto, at least, you're the first return guest. So. Let's go! Yeah, you keep on setting trends, Let's man. Let's go! <laughs> so what, I, what I'd like to propose uh, for, for all of the executives, uh, the Dangle Navy, uh, I request a blazer now, just like Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I would like a oh, return there. Game Over Toronto, and I'd like, like the, in, the inside... Um, what is that called? The inner lining of the blazer yes, to have like Game Over Toronto logos, and I would like my face on the lapel, and uh, yeah, we got to go all out, okay? Rob, yeah, you, well, you have to make that AV. merchandise. Mobilize Game Over Toronto. Mobilize. That's it. We'll get it done. You're part of the two timers <laughs> club now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you you had a pretty eventful couple of couple of weeks. You just came back from All Star. Yeah, you you were a coach at an all at an all star <laughs> event. Yes, unbelievable. Yes. You are now in the ranks of, you know, Scotty Bowman of Jack yep. Adams. <laughs> yep. No, Con Smythe. It's yep. It's, you're, we're in the keep, presence. Keep here. it going. Keep it That's going. Mike Babcock. John Con- Tortorella. <laughs> there you go. Sheldon <laughs> Keith. That's it. Ardo Cal. Just there watch it out. is. Watch Absolutely. out, everyone. Um, I I had my annual reunion with Carlton the Bear. Uh, that was wonderful. Uh, we danced in the tunnel on the way out. It was terrific. Uh, and I apologize to the Toronto Maple Leafs fans, but I did receive a gift uh, from our frenemy, Yupi. Um, <laughs> I, I did a giveaway last time. This one I'm keeping. I'm sorry. This is just a flex because yeah. I like to flex on the show. Uh, Yupi gave me this like baby blanket. So here's I don't think any sleeping. of our viewers would want that. Is that a is that a dig at John Tavares? Is that like a John Tavares like meta dig <laughs> of a pajama boy picture? Right. This is Yupi taking a troll at John Tavares because now Yupi pajama yups. That is that is five D yeah. chest from Yupi. I have to respect it. Respect the villainry <laughs> of that. We will get to the game absolutely. But Carlton the Bear did Carlton the Bear do a backflip? No, Carlton the Bear did not do a backflip. <laughs> Carlton the Bear played in net for the mascot showdown. The Eastern Conference mascots defeated the Western Conference mascots. Goal. Uh, if I recall, Gritty scored the first goal, uh, made it one nothing. Uh, I think Mickey Moose, uh, the Winnipeg Jets, tied the game 
Uh, Carlton had an assist, a secondary, a nice secondary apple, cleared the puck, got it to NJ Devil, who I believe then passed it to Blades the Bruin, uh, who had a nice top cheese uh, where Mama hides the peanut butter, of course, and made it two to one. And I think the Eastern Conference mascots just did not look back. But in the end, it was Stanley C. Panther, the hometown hero, who raised the trophy. Uh, and it was wonderful. Oh, there you go. That is that's awesome. We're really glad you got to have that experience. And you you are fun. now have a ring. By the way, can ring. I tell you? Yes, I do. I do have, I, I'm waiting for it still, but I imagine it's going to come in a musical box, just like the avalanche one. And there's going to be compartments and stuff. I imagine. I will say this. The referees were not paying attention to me. Okay. Let me talk about the refs in that matchup. I tried to call a timeout. Nothing. I tried to call an offside challenge on the Western conference uh, mascots. Nobody was paying attention to me. And I, I came on the show specifically to complain about the mascot showdown refs because they were taking liberties and they were not paying attention to the coaches who are clearly trying to maintain wow. the integrity of the game of hockey. Be careful there, Arda. You're going to get a 25K fine there. That's it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You got to watch out. I mean, you watch those words. You're going to get a call from the league office tomorrow. You're going to have an in-person hearing. Well, <laughs> there was also a hockey game that we watched. Sorry, everyone. Sometimes we did. We did. Yes. We on, sometimes we like to go on tangents. Um, you know, it, it wasn't a masterpiece of a game by either side, uh, especially the Blue Jackets. Good Lord. But, you know, the Leafs, I I felt as if that game could be summarized as they looked at the schedule after coming back from vacation and they're like, okay, just we'll ease into things, ease into it. And then, you know, they were easing into it and it was one nothing going into the third. And they looked at the third period and they're just like, come on. Like, oh. Oh, we got, we got to, we got to score. Okay, guys, we got to play now, and that's what they did. And they scored some pretty beautiful goals. All three goals on absolutely just buttery beautiful. passes. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and the, that's beautiful, right? Yeah, the beautiful thing. It was yeah. The first, the first goal with Marner, like I, I didn't even know like it was so quick and just like the John Tavares and Marner like got to stay together now. I that. that chemistry is like they share a brain right there because he got it over to John Tavares and it was just in the net before it even like hit the stick. It was just, they were, they were exhibiting like Sedin like chemistry, like Zuccarello Caprizov style chemistry on the ice that you're just like, they have a sixth sense about this thing. Like those passes were nasty, just beautiful, you know? So that's what I take away from this game. I think you're right. Like, here's the other thing that, we often don't talk about is the fact that like athletes aren't going to be performing at a hundred percent every minute of every game. Right. No. So like, and, and, and maybe I'm not saying they did this, but maybe they looked at the game and they were like, okay, Columbus isn't the best team in the NHL. They're uh, you know, near the bottom of the standings, if not the worst team in the NHL so points wise. And so they're like, okay, listen, if, if, if we mentally decide we're not going to exude all of our energy in the first two periods and, you know, we have a lead going into the third. We're going to count that as a as a win for this one. And then we can turn on the Jets a little bit to seal the deal in the third period. And at the end of the day, who's going to come? Like, what Lee fans complaining about this victory? Yeah, it's 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 working hard, not work. It's we're sorry, it's working smart, not working hard, right? It's kind of like, you know, you know, when you, if you work in an office job and you work from home, you know, and you know, you know that you can do the job in two hours, but, you know, you, you can serve the energy and then you just you blitz it at the end and you're done. So you don't have to 
go a hundred million percent all for the all eight hours. You got to just space Honestly, out the work. This is coming from a firmware office worker, so you know. <laughs> Honestly, though, I think I think the Leafs actually could have won this like six nothing easily. Sure, you know, William William Nand- Nylander had like I would say five grade A chances. He oh, he, yeah, he was snake too, bit, right? Like he was snake yeah, bit. He was really snake bit. And Corpus Allo, honestly played really. He had no chance on any of the goals. Like absolutely no, no chance. They were. Yeah, that's how good the passes were. They were yeah, just yeah. like exactly. sneaky backdoor, like deceptive. I loved it. It was awesome. Yeah, and Corpus Allo really like rose to the challenge. And you know, not to be outdone, Samsonov kind of rose with him. Like there were a, a few. Columbus chances that I thought could have sneaked past and and I thought Samsonov was excellent today and uh you know it wasn't a particularly eventful game uh on the score sheet but I thought both goalies had their work cut out for them and I, I think they both played really well I was getting flashbacks from Corpus Allo up until the second goal you know Bush. the last game the last game they said on the broadcast the last game he played against us was game five is that true? Oh, yeah, because I didn't Merz even Lickens, realize that Merzlikens was uh was the goalie oh. for every other game, and yeah. I was like, "Why would you say that at the start of the game?" And then I had oh, flashbacks. Entire- I blocked. I I honestly don't like. I I can remember a lot of most playoff games. I don't remember anything about the 2020 bubble playoffs of, of any of the. I know who won. I know Tampa beat Dallas, but. It was like I just it just gone. It went it like slipped my memory. I get, it was kind of a strange time in the world. I don't know if you know Arda. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I'm 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 yeah, one maybe snippets here and there. You know, just, <laughs> just something it was a weird don't time. Don't remind me, but say. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh I, I thought in the beginning, I think I think the Leafs did miss a little bit of Austin Matthews. I, I said this the last couple games, like they it's it's not like a grand statement to make he's one of the best players in the world so while they won the game and they looked pretty good you could tell that they didn't have that that sixth gear of dominance that they would have in this game like i think they probably would have won like six seven nothing and we're, we're really splitting hairs here but they probably could have won six nothing if they had austin matthews creating the gravity on the ice yeah and yeah. also that's a good problem to have right yeah like armin <laughs> like like come on if we're talking about a game where we're saying the Maple Leafs could have won six nothing, I mean that's not a bad effort. Even yeah, exactly. if you're looking at the first two periods and you're like, oh, maybe they could have tried harder. Whatever, yeah. they won the game pretty he- heftily, you know. You know, it's like in it's like in it's like in school when I got a report card and I get an eighty percent, and my parents would say, "Where's the other twenty percent? Did the other twenty percent go on vacation? Where is it?" Oh, yeah. I see. You too have immigrant parents. Yes, yes. yes. Well, it was less so with me. It was less so with me. It was more my sister. My sister was kind of like, <laughs> like the academic wizard. I was just kind of like the funny, nice kid. And they're like, well, he's trying hard. So that was. Kind are, of you the, are you the younger sibling? <laughs> yeah, that's why. Yeah, same. I'm the oh, youngest. Yeah. I had, the I best. had it the easiest. It was, it was <laughs> my older brother has had it much harder than me. Oh, it's the best. They're just like, well, Vlad, you can go to media school and you know, it's okay. You're, you're okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> the best part, Fuad. It, like people from our part of the world, especially, if you're telling your, your parents you're going to media school broadcasting, no, no, no. Oh, you don't want to be a doctor? Okay, you can be an engineer or a lawyer. That's fine. You have plenty of <laughs> options. Plenty of options, quote yeah. unquote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plenty of options. It's, it's like these, th- you can be, th- you can be so many things. You can be three things. Son. You can be these but, three uh, things. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I will say the high expectations 
were for the Jackets. Um, what happened with that team? Like, I, I, I was say I was actually texting earlier with the group chat. I was saying like, I don't remember. I didn't remember and a player in any sport that was the bell of the ball in free agency, like a number one free agent that signed with a team, and that team proceeded to be the bottom, the absolute bottom of the league. I, I actually yeah. couldn't remember it. And they actually gave me an example. They said Taylor Hall on Buffalo. And I'm like, I completely forgot Taylor Hall played for Buffalo. But now I'm like shocked. I was really shocked that they've been this bad. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's tough to say because Goudreau, I don't think he signed there thinking it was his best shot at a cup, you know? Like no. Columbus probably had higher expectations than dead last. You, you'd after hope so. signing Goudreau. Uh, but... Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. I we don't really know so, what the reasons are that he signed. I, there, right. I, I would say they have some really interesting offensive pieces led by Goudreau and Line. I think injuries were a factor. I think goaltending is one area where they probably were expecting more Corpusalo and Merzlikens, and their numbers just aren't that great this season. So I think that they uh, did not benefit from less than stellar goaltending this season. I should say, and. Zach Wierenski is out for the season. Like they, they've been snake bit in that, in that regard as well. So I would say that that coupled with the fact that sure, the expectations are high given that you get a player, like you said, the bell of the ball coming and choosing Columbus, right? Columbus winning the sweepstakes when all the conversation was really about places like Philadelphia and New Jersey or the Metro New York area teams. Right. So the fact that Columbus won out, like I, I guess, like in Taylor Hall's case, we don't really look back on his time in Buffalo as any sort of success, really. In that, in in your example there, but you didn't even remember. I it. just don't. <laughs> I don't. Right. I don't. I the with me, I just feel like I don't think that Columbus is as bad as the standings indicate on paper. I think at optimal output, I think that's a better team than they present. I do think there's a couple of grave concerns. I think they look at the blue line. I think they look at goaltending in the offseason and see if they can bolster. But they're not that like they're maybe three or four pieces away from becoming a wild card contending team. I don't think it's all dire uh, doom and gloom with Columbus at the moment. Yeah, Yeah. we have a we have a Columbus fan in the chat named why because period. Uh, Columbus is leaving the league in man games lost during a season. Columbus has over 300, and the next closest isn't even at 200. So, see what does that say, right? That's like, a super stat. That's a that's a that's, that's a super like that's, stat. That's, that's, tough. That. that's tough. That's tough. That's tough. That's yeah. Sometimes, uh, yes, the 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 ailments are undefeated. No, the good Can thing I tell is you one thing. Oh, go ahead, Armand. Sorry, I, I was just going to say the good thing is this is the season to tank if you're not going to be a contender. Oh, 100 percent. I mean. <laughs> best chance at Bedard, I'll take that all day instead of being like 20th. I don't know, man. You you might be having some competition from uh, the metropolitan Phoenix area, which will soon have <laughs> Kevin Durant, Connor Bedard, oh. and Austin Matthews. My goodness. Hey, no. Oh. no. What, a, what a super team no. that could be. You will not come back a third time if you <laughs> say that. <laughs> You've been talking Chats to Mike like Rupp, haven't you? in the chat. Yeah, L's in the chat. Mike, you've been talking to Mike Rupp here. I find the trolling hilarious. I find the trolling hilarious. He did a great I, job with that. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm out. See you later. <laughs> Goodbye. See you later. No, I'm that's out. no, but uh, yeah. And, you know, speaking of you mentioned the Kevin Durant trade. Um, what do you think that the trade deadline is going to be 
at anywhere near as wild as what the NBA trade deadline was. The that was trade though. Mind blowing. They, 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 amazing. They, Immediate impact. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean that I, I feel like they pulled that trade. I think Gary Bettman called him and said, look, the NBA is taking all of the bandwidth put in a trade right now, guys. So, so yeah. listen, everyone is talking about the NBA trade deadline and how many blockbuster trades happen. I will tell you the person NBA fans should be thanking the most is Lou Lamorello because as <laughs> soon as he traded for Bo Horvat, the city of New York was not big enough for Bo Horvat and Kevin Durant and Kyrie <laughs> Irving. Okay. They had to lose. So all of a sudden Bo, Bo Horvat comes Man. into town and all of a sudden the nets just implode. That's... Okay. Coincidence. I think not. That is, <laughs> I, I am putting on, I am going to get the, I'm going to get the tinfoil from downstairs and I'm, I'm going to put it on my head because that. Is a fantastic theory. Yeah, they just put up a billboard of Bo Horvat over Kyrie Irving, and then that just did not <laughs> sit right. well. The city just wasn't big enough to contain all three superstars. We could not have <laughs> Bo Horvat, KD, and Kyrie in the same city. That's that's that that's a theory. I, I wish I thought of that theory. You're making me you're making me think about that one there. But there, uh, are, some, there, there are some big names in the trade deadline. Like for the first time in in quite a while, like you know, seeing Tarasenko go this early, I think sets the market. You know, and I don't want to make this like a what does this mean for the Leafs? What does the Tarasenko mean? No, you can do that. It's game over Toronto. But, you can make it. What is like, it? Yeah, Leafs? like <laughs> it, it does set the market for the big names that are coming out here. Like, I, like will Ryan O'Reilly go for the same package? Will you know Timo? Obviously, Timo Meyer is a bit of a different story, but you know there are some big names that are still out there. I'm. This is a trade deadline that I think I'm particularly excited about for the first time in a long time. Yeah, yeah, I think I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah I, so, Arda, what do you think about the Leafs? So, there's a lot of debate in 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 the Leafs fandom, the Leafs media sphere, as to what the Leafs will be doing or what they should be doing at the trade deadline. What should they be prioritizing? Now, we've heard rumors about Jacob Chikrin, which is kind of wild, considering they have a left-handed D-man who plays the power play. Um, and there's just been... There's all kinds of noise, and Kyle Dubas kind of came out and gave, you know, kind of a word salad of nothing and not revealing anything like he is want to do. But what do you think the Leafs should be prioritizing this trade deadline? I think the pressure's on. I think that uh, if I'm if I'm in Kyle Dubas's position, I know that my job's on the line. I, 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 I that's how I would feel. Me as yeah. a human being in Kyle Dubas's position right now. I would feel like my job is on the line. Maybe I've been feeling like that for a while, but especially this year, I feel like the pressure is on to really make a solid run at the Stanley Cup. And so I'm hoping that Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov are my solution in goal. In goal. I'm hoping that I get pieces, you know, like the Austin Matthews, uh, Jake Muzzin, possibly like just pieces returning uh, at, and performing at the right time. Uh, I like my decor. I think that it's a it's a pretty solid decor. Um, do I add another scorer to that list? Do I do I need another bottom six? Uh, that might be a priority. Uh, you certainly, I mean, look, they have among the best offenses in the league, right? Like they really do. Top six, you put that up against anybody, and you know that's going to be a very competitive top six. So I I I I wonder how big of a splash. I here's my like here's the other thing. Like in previous years. The Leafs have gone out and gotten, let's say, for example, seasoned veterans who were chasing a yeah. Stanley Cup, right? I wonder if a veteran presence that has won a Stanley Cup uh, joins 
the you know what I mean? Like I, I don't know off the top of my head who that would be, but like Ryan O'Reilly would be a great one uh, for, for that reason. You know what I mean? So like maybe that's what's necessary because one thing is get players that have gone over that hump, yeah. you know, instill that culture in the locker room. Maybe that's something that's needed. I, yeah. I I like the line of thinking. I mean, you you you're also thinking of a uh, maybe one Patrick Kane could be an option, but especially we have how, especially how, how, what he said about especially what he said about how uh, he seems not content about what happened with the whole Rangers thing, right? Where he's yeah. like, I was looking at that team, and I'm like, I mean, honestly, I my sleeper pick for Patrick Kane was Buffalo, just because. He goes home, spends the rest of his career there. The Sabres, to me, are a sleeper pick to get into the playoffs under a wild card. So they're on the rise, right? So yeah. I could see that happening. But if you were to join the Leafs, that's not far from Buffalo. That's, a, that's an hour yeah, and change. It's close to home. Yeah. And that's yeah. He, liked, home. He, looked, he liked New York City so much. He wanted to be in New York City. Look, they, they film everything in Toronto and call it New York City anyway. So it's <laughs> basically New York. Like, Have you watched Suits? Come on. Oh, that's the worst. Like you literally see like the pan, like Mike, Mike is walking down the street and then a, a, a street car rolls by. I'm like, the New York doesn't have the, the, the red street cars. Anyway, that's my rant for the day. But uh, yeah, Patrick Kane, come on home to New York North. Come on home. <laughs> to New York speaking, North. Speaking on like Dubis's mindset, you know, he did have a couple quotes coming out of that press conference after he signed Timmons, which we'll get to as well. But, uh, you know, uh, just speaking on, his own expiring contract, he said, uh, it won't affect his deadline approach. It's not about me and my status. It's about what's best for the team. And that's what we'll continue to look at. Um, and obviously that's just words, but it is uh, something that I, I thought was interesting because, you know, in Dubas's recent history, you know, in terms of the big name get at the trade deadline, he generally doesn't uh, look towards those big names. You know, we, we've seen quality uh, trade downline acquisitions before, like Mark Giordano, but uh, he seems still a little bit wary of giving up a first round pick or, you know, a blue chip prospect like uh, like Matthew Nyes uh, for a rental. So, you know, it's interesting to to hear that because, you know, in my mind, this is a make or break year for Dubis and it's a make or break year for the Leafs as well. You know, we're talking about a core that has been here for the entirety of this, you know, stretch of playoff loss after playoff loss after playoff loss. You know, so I don't think it's necessarily Dubis's only Dubis's job on the line. Like a lot of people here are playing uh, for for a lot. Uh, to stay on the roster and and you know not get moved out so I'm I'm curious to see what we do I think Toronto is going to be a major you know team to watch for uh, at this trade deadline because it's really important for for the team yeah absolutely and uh, I mean I you know with Kyle Dubas kind of said that I'm like I believe you, but not really. Like, yeah, it's exactly, kind of like, right? like you, you know, it's like you are still a human being, you know, with a job and a career aspirations. But I mean, it, you know, well, what's he going to say? He's not going to go up on the podium and say, you know what? It's my last year. Screw it. YOLO. Smoke them if you got them. Let's go. We're, we're trading all the picks. Let's and go. Elliot Friedman <laughs> said something really interesting on 32 Thoughts. And I have no idea what the validity is of this. But and I'm going to paraphrase here because I don't have the quote you know, in front of me, but he said that Toronto had considered just getting Meyer, uh, Timo Meyer, and then dealing with the rest in the off season in terms of, cause you know, he's got a qualifying offer of like $10 million or something like that. So what the report was from Elliot was that they have considered 
just doing whatever to get Meyer and treat him as a rental and then figure it out in the offseason, either trade him away or re-sign him. But that's a summer if, problem. If there's a and honestly, if there's a time to think about rentals in that way, it's this season. Because I agree. like the the thing is, is that I would be looking to add pieces that I feel would help me win a championship. Right. Yeah. Because yes. there are a lot of great pieces on this team. But if it hasn't worked in the past, then you have to bolster somehow in some way. And if that means thinking of rentals, then so be it. Yeah. And I think there are holes on this roster. To, like, it's a good team. Like, Toronto is a great team. You know, I, I think they're top five in the league. But, you know, when you look and you watch, like, a Boston get a Hampus Lindholm last year or, you know, Boston get Taylor Hall, you know, in that in that year where he went to Buffalo. Like, those yeah. are big name acquisitions that push those teams over the hump. And, you know, you see Tarasenko go to the Rangers and he makes an impact two minutes into his first game, yep. you know, and that huh. roster, that Rangers roster, that forward core is looks just completely lethal. I do not want to face them in the playoffs. I Let me tell you something. So this is a this is a hypothetical scenario, but imagine every playoff team, because, you know, a lot of the playoffs, as we all know, is also peaking at the right time, right? Yeah. Like any NHL team that has a run where they feel good, they're performing optimally, that's a team that's very scary. Now, if every team on paper who make the playoffs, every player performs at their optimal performance, I'm not talking about every player is a 99 overall in NHL 23. What I'm saying is they perform as best as you think that player could. Fourth-line winger versus first-line center versus goaltender. The New York Rangers might be the best team on paper because at any point in the NHL, they have the best goalie in the NHL. They have along with Kale McCarr, Adam Fox competing for the best defenseman in the NHL. And they have a scary, scary offensive core. Like you said, Tarasenko can be a 40-goal scorer. Chris Kreider can be a 50, et cetera, goal scorer, as he evidenced last season. Artemi Panarin can be a lethal and dangerous. Mika Zibanejad, like that is a very, very scary lineup. Yeah, and you also think about all the guys who are young and getting better, like, you know, Philip Heedle and that kid line, Philip Heedle, Capocacco. Yeah, they've been performing so well. And they were good in the playoffs last year. Yeah, they were good in the playoffs last year, so they have the potential to be good as well. Yeah, and, you know, just looking at that trade, that Tarasenko trade makes, and I know it's a bit of, you know, FOMO in my brain of, like, you know, just wanting something to happen with the Leafs and wanting them to be exciting and stuff like that, but... I really think that the Leafs should be looking at getting a scoring winger, you know, to take that spot for Yarn Croak and, and push that, uh, you know, Yarn Croak to the bottom six. And, you know, we get a big yeah. scoring touch on the bottom six as well in that regard. Um, you know, and I understand that, you know, we don't want to give up an arm and a leg. And I, I treat Matthew Nyes and, and our first round pick, you know, as very high, uh, high value assets, you know. But at the same time, I'm looking at this trade deadline and I'm thinking there's a lot of pieces that would look very enticing, you know, especially this deadline, especially with scoring wingers, you know, there's a ton of them on the board. So, you know, there's some guys uh, that are sort of undervalued, like Gustav Nyquist, I know has been talked about in, in Leafland. uh, And I think he would be a great get. I know there's some LTIR stuff that we can do. Like it's the same thing with uh, um, Nash, uh, Nash, when we, we traded for him in terms of that, but there are some good pieces of, uh, you know, undervalued guys, but the big names, like, I think they hold a lot of value. I think, you know, I know Patrick Kane and Ryan O'Reilly are having a down year, but they're still Patrick yeah, Kane so and Ryan is, O'Reilly. And so is Tarasenko. So Tarasenko exactly. had a terrific, he was, what is he, fourth in 
uh, even strength scoring per 60 last season. And this season, he's not performing to the degree. But remember, he wanted to leave St. Louis two years ago. Yeah, right. Like, exactly. when was the first time you heard that he requested a trade or the rumors were out there? It was over a year and a half ago. Right. So, I mean, listen, new scenery can do wonders for many people, especially when they feel like they're on a cup contending team or a team that will really legitimately have a chance to make a run. I'm sure Tarasenko is breathing fresh air right now and is just yeah. so happy. Yeah, exactly. it's also like the. I mean, hockey is such a, it's such a team sport, and it's in like if the team is bad, let everybody's stats are going to suffer. It's not like one person can generally just look amazing, unless they're like one of the greatest of all time players. But generally, you know, their stats are going to suffer. So if you put somebody around more stars, just logically their their stats are going to improve and their impacts going to improve, um, unless you know they're Nick Felino and. You know, that was the bad when you when the Leafs traded for him because that is what happened. And we were all very sad about it. Yeah, but like, you know, when you look at Nick Foligno, like I saw some comparisons when Tarasenko got dealt uh, within, you know, Leafs discourse that, you know, we don't want to give up a first for a high risk player. You know what I mean? Like we did that with uh, Nick Foligno. Nick Foligno didn't have like an 82 point season in 75 games the season before now, like Nick Foligno was Nick Foligno for five years. Like we had a large sample of him being what we got, you know, with yeah. Vladimir Tarasenko, it's like he has one down year and we're talking about 10 years before that. I understand there's shoulder injuries and there is risk associated to it, but it's totally worth what the return was. Like I thought the Rangers did really well in that trade. And I think it makes them a very scary team in the playoffs. And I want to see the Leafs take on that risk. You know, when Dubas first came to Toronto, he, he brought up Masai Ujiri as a, uh, as like a person that he looked up to for making that Kawhi deal, which was a really risky move. And, you know, it might not work out, but that's sort of what I look towards in terms of don't play it too safe because Agreed. The Leafs do have a great team, and it'd be nice if we could win a playoff round. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> sometimes, sometimes the biggest risk is not taking the risk because let's say you don't take the risk, the depth scoring suffers, and it's going to be a 20-year drought, and the drought will almost be old enough to drink in the United States. That will be, that will be the case. So, you know, I think this is the time, if you, believe, if you really believe in this core, if you believe in these guys, you have to do, you have to put put the chips on the table and get guys around them because otherwise you might as well just trade them all and rebuild, in my opinion, right? Just yeah, start and, again, if not. And there was a report today from, uh, I think someone, uh, a reporter for the Canucks saying that we were interested in Tyler Myers. And I was like, why? <laughs> that seems weird, right? I don't want that to happen. They miss maybe they mispronounced Timo Meyer. <laughs> I don't know, like the just yeah, you know, like someone misheard. It's a common mistake. Very common mistake. <laughs> You're driving in a tunnel when they cause <laughs> Timo Meyer, uh, t- Tyler Myers. Okay, let's tweet it out. So that's how I imagine all sources are. It's always a mysterious phone call. But um, uh, well, with the Blue Jackets, we did play the Blue Jackets. I wanted to mention this, but um, you were invited. Do you played in the Blue Jackets? alumni celebrity game correct in the skate yeah they have a monthly skate and they invited uh nasher and i nasher is a uh, hockey youtuber he's awesome he's 
uh, he lives in Columbus. He's a very well-known hockey YouTuber. Him and I yeah. got invited to the arena and basically took it over for a day. They released, they they launched a fan zone, which is basically like an esports arena meets hockey hall of fame. It's it's really really cool. It's in the arena. Fans get to experience it. It's it's almost it's worth going to a game in Columbus so you can experience it. It's it's a ton of fun. Uh, but we also got to play in the game. Yeah, Rick Nash played. Aaron Johnson, Jody Shelley, Jean Luc Grandpierre. Uh, a bunch of other alumni and some staff too. And I hadn't played in several years and I borrowed a uh, Nasher skates. And uh, let's just say that uh, it didn't go that great. Um, I had a lot of puck possession behind the net. So my Corsi numbers might've been up a little bit, but hey. I did have one, I did have one sauce pass to Rick Nash. Uh, and that's what I'm proud of. So I'm going to hang my hat on that <laughs> and I can retire a champion. So are you saying that you were, did they blow that insanely loud cannon when this, when the goal was scored? So here's the thing. Uh, it, not during the game, but Nasher and I became the first two non-Columbus Blue Jackets employee to ever fire the cannon. Ooh. So we, we have that now. Nasher was the first. The honor should go to him because he, he was there for the very first Columbus Blue Jackets game. He's a lifelong fan. So he got oh, wow. to fire the cannon first, and then I got to fire the cannon. So I guess I, you could say I'm the first non-employee Canadian to ever fire the Blue Jackets cannon. Wow. You're mm. a tra trailblazer in every... There that has got to be... That has, that has got to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah. I, I think, I think we'll give player, you... All-star coach. Art is, Art is doing everything. Yes. yes. <laughs> Putting us to shame. Doing that. Doing the That's most right. there. Yeah, that, that cannon is <laughs> hilarious because like the players are still scared by it. Um, it, it the, videos of the, <laughs> the videos of yeah. the broadcasters getting People scared like, of it. It is just well, so even funny. even just like if you do a game there for the first time and you don't know the cadence, you don't know the timing of the cannon, you have to alter your goal call, right? Yeah. Like you can't just talk through or you have to lay out at the right time to hear the cannon because it's going to interrupt you. So it, there's a cadence to it for sure. <laughs> yeah. We do, have a, we do have a comment from the Columbus fan saying, fun fact, the cannon doesn't actually make that super loud sound. It's charges set, it off, set off in the ceiling. Which Ooh, I didn't know hey, about. Hey, Kayfabe, bro. Kayfabe, come on now. Come <laughs> you broke, on you broke now. The... It's still real <laughs> to me. <laughs> it's still real to me, damn it. It's still real to me. Come did you on see... now. <laughs> did, uh, did you see uh, Gord, uh, and I forgot who he was with, but Gord Miller on the broadcast? Mike, yeah, yeah Mike, and, and they got scared from the from, yeah. from the cannon. I, lo I love seeing clips like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah oh, Ilya said... Yeah, Ilya Samsonov was uh, was also uh, freaked out about the cannon. I, I can see <laughs> how that would throw you off, but um, yeah, the Leafs the Leafs should uh, you know sw swap out that the the goal song we all love and get something like that. Just I don't know something something obnoxious, but I don't know what would fit with Toronto. Yeah, something I, I, Bieber, something Bieber, <laughs> something Drake. Just I don't know. I I don't know. Just... If you asked, here's the th here's the funny thing. If you asked either of those guys to make a custom goal song for the Leafs, they would jump they would. all over it. Yeah, they should. That's they the would. best part. They totally would. Hey, Biebs, do you want to make a custom goal song for the Leafs? Say less, fam. And then, like in three days, there would be uh, a hype goal song for like the next ten years. Yeah, the one, oh. dude, dude, the one created by Pantera for the Dallas Stars. When was that? Like ninety nine, two thousand. Like when was that created? It's still oh. being used like decades <laughs> later. Yeah, that's that, that. That's like 
I, I like that idea. We got we got to send this over to MLSC. I mean, we I, I got to call the <laughs> I got to call the people I know. Yeah, I got to call, call some former I know. Got to call them no. up. Other than maybe the Leafs themselves, but like seriously, among the fans, the players, the whatever, who's saying who says no among that group? If Deebs would say yes, I guarantee you, he probably wouldn't yeah, even would. take money. Make a make I mean, a make a donation to my charity or something like at the <laughs> at the big the biggest thing that he might ask for. What an honor all- that would be. The All-Star game is in Toronto and Bieber, I think, will be involved because he put out a video. Thousand percent. Yeah, right. So thousand percent. Let's grow the game that way. There's enough enough Toronto celebrities that would love nothing more than to get involved. Have like Biebs, uh, Drake, Will Arnett, Mike Myers, like like just get a list of celebrities uh, involved in the all-star game that love hockey and just pair them with a player and make them do the breakaway challenge (laughs) together or something, you know? Yeah, you could you could do a lot in the All Star in, in in Toronto. I, I I do I am excited about that, especially having it locally. Like Amazing. how was the how was the crowd there in uh in the All Star game? It was okay. There? Like I I, I there, it was sold out for sure. Yeah. I, I thought that the um the vibe was good. The the best to me the Grand Slam home run for the Florida edition of the All Star game was the Beach Festival. That yeah, was yeah. a oh that was knockout. Great visuals. Awesome. I mean, I'm sure oh. it was great being there, but the visuals were on TV were really awesome. Oh, outstanding. It was a grand slam. Like, okay, maybe I'm colored a little bit by the weather and the palm trees and the <laughs> beach vibes and the water, whatever. But like they had a mile footprint on the beach. Like the logistics of setting that up is impressive, but just you get there and you're just like, I can spend the whole day here in nice weather doing hockey stuff. I thought they I thought the NHL did a fantastic job. Maybe the best fan fest area I've seen. But Toronto has an opportunity to exceed that just by footprint alone. Like yeah. Toronto could get really creative with their fan festival ideas. They have the the Metro Toronto Convention Center like right there, right at Scotiabank Arena. Yeah. So there's a lot of options. Like Toronto could really go all out with this. Yeah, I'm excited for. It. I mean, uh, hopefully, you know, we'll get some. You know, maybe maybe we'll get some credentials and we'll be there. You know, just just repping it. You know, that's that's the hope. You know, we're working on it. You know. Yeah, sure. Just gotta make some make some inroads there, but um, yeah, you know, playing the Columbus Blue Jackets again tomorrow, guys. Um, because you know nothing says box <laughs> office like a back to back against the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> I feel like I've been ripping on the Blue Jackets too much. Listen, I I, I have no I have no qualms with your team. Can I can but... I tell you one thing that was cool that I noticed when I was there? So a nation they gave us a tour of the locker room and everything. Yeah, and I noticed this um, frame that they had, and it had like newer players in it. So I asked, like, there's this frame. The frame had a jersey, a score sheet an image and then a plaque. And I was like, what is this? And they said they started this tradition last season. It was actually an Aaron Johnson initiative. He played in the NHL play for Columbus and he works for the team. Now he, I think he's the team admin liaison. So he's basically the liaison between the, um, the front office and the players. And he brought in this tradition where if you play your first NHL game with the blue jackets, you get a commemorative uh, frame and it has the game worn Jersey. It has an image from the game. It has the score sheet from the game. Uh, and it has your name on a plaque. So that's, I thought that was really cool. Like, it's cool to commemorate, you know, you get like the first puck, you get the puck when you score your first goal, or you get a silver stick when you get your thousandth game. But like, this is like a cool keepsake for your first NHL game. That's really cool. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I, I like these new, I feel like a lot of the newer NHL franchises, I mean, they're not like brand new, but you know, they came in the 90s, the late 90s, I believe. And, you know, I, I like that they have the, you know, they're kind of, 
this is like their first real generation or second generation of their team. So they're, you know, trying to find ways to make more inroads with fans. I feel like they have to be more creative in that sense or to make more inroads, just being more creative. I think a lot of the legacy franchises like Toronto can kind of get a little stale with these kind of fan, with these kind of fan interactions. It's just kind of like, well, you know, it's the Leafs guys (laughs) come watch them like you've done for a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everyone, listen, great game tonight. It's glad to be back. I didn't even know, like, I don't know what I did with myself for like 10 days. We didn't have any games. Oh, it was like, such a long break. I know. I went for a run, you know, I went for runs. <laughs> wow. I, I, you know, I, I, I went to a couple job interviews. I mean, there's a, there's an opening at city hall so, in Toronto. I don't know if you heard, wow. but <laughs> Vlad, yeah. are you saying, are you saying that your life got objectively better without hockey in it? <laughs> no. <laughs> You guys the least run, you got unheard of interviews, your your diet cleaned up. Like what what's going on here? Like your life got objectively better. <laughs> Sorry, meditating, you know, I was, I was drinking yeah, kombucha. What is going on? Brand drinking, new squad. drinking kombucha, you know, just just getting, <laughs> getting in touch with myself. Now it's it's good time. We're back in the swing of things here, and we're in the final most exciting stretch of the season. So, I mean, for the Leafs and for the NHL at large which you cover, I'm sure you guys are really excited over there. Very much so. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to round out the second half of the season. Of course, the trade deadline is coming up and then the race for the playoffs. And uh, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, tonight I'm doing in the crease uh, for the weekend as well. And then we have a, our, our first of our series of ABC games uh, tomorrow, starting wow. tomorrow, which will be a ton of fun. And uh, yeah, no, this is, this is the uh, time of the season where uh, a lot of interesting storylines come out, as you know, so it'll be fun to cover them all. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, so again, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to Game Over Toronto. My name is Fuad Suleiman. To my, my right or my is, left? My name is Arvon Puntiki. You can catch me on Twitter at Arvon Puntiki. And of and course, Arda. Arda, Arda yeah. anything you want to plug? Anything, anything going on? Anything new and exciting? No, I mean, I'm just proud to be a two-time guest of Game Over Toronto, and I expect my Blazer to show up at ESPN offices at some point uh, when I become a Uh, three-time. Actually, the rule is whenever the next person becomes a two-time guest, I'm required to return in the near future after that to become a three-time. I must always be in the lead. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we'll make sure. We'll, anytime, whenever we get, we get a repeat guest. if we can ever get Edge back, I'll call you. We'll, we'll get all three of us on there. <laughs> oh, but, I love um, it. I think he might be a little too busy right now, you know, wrestling. Maybe a touch, right? Maybe a touch. <laughs> but uh, thanks, guys. This was fun. anyway, thanks again, everybody. Take care. Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.